Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Troy Richards, the senior pastor here at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri. I'm joined by our worship pastor, Daniel Mawson, and we're glad you decided to join us today. This podcast was created to show how all of God's Word leads us to a better understanding of Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior and Lord. Our church is working through a reading plan to read the entire Bible in a year, and each week we invite people to share what insights they've learned and what the Holy Spirit has revealed through the reading of God's Word. We'll also address some questions, some serious, some that are a lot of fun to talk about, all from this week's reading. And we pray that you will see how amazing the Bible is to read each and every day. And by us sharing some of our highlights, we hope you will be inspired to read it for yourself. You can find our reading plan and read along with us at www.firstbaptistjackson.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. Once again, my name is Daniel Mawson and I'm here with Pastor Troy. Hello. And we are going to talk again about this week's reading. This week uh, was an amazing week for reading. Before we get into the summary of the reading, uh, people may be wondering why on last week's podcast we just ignored the elephant in the room, which is the coronavirus, COVID. Uh, the COVID-19 virus. And the truth is, we recorded that uh, a few weeks ago, and so we didn't. <laughs> it wasn't know, a thing. We had no time. idea that it would be a thing. And you think about like March twelfth, somewhere in March twelfth, thirteenth. I think the first word was that all of a sudden the game, basketball games are going to be, they're going to play them before without people in the crowds or whatever. And it's like, well, that's going to be weird. And then all of a sudden they canceled the tournament, uh, NCAA tournament. So March madness turns to March sadness. Yeah. And then you have all kinds of, and then it just starts to just. Everything starts to go crazy, and uh, and before you know it, we're not eating in restaurants, and and really so crazy that even though we're right at the right at where we're going to air this podcast, uh, as people are listening to it, we don't even know what's changed from day to day. So right. it's, it's the same. What's happening right now uh, just doesn't have much meaning anymore. It has uh, pushed us to a place where we had to take some things into a lot of consideration. As far as um, for the first time, I can remember in my lifetime. Uh, canceling church services over a long period of time. I'm positive that's that that's true for Daniel's lifetime. It never happened to uh, me. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I don't know. Uh, and I know people that came to me significantly older than me said they've never experienced anything like this before. And really, the only comparison we have historically. I think we're trying to the, draw parallels between this and World War II as far as how it affects the country. Mm. Uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 has also been talked about as far as understanding how it is. Um, we were looking at a quote from Martin Luther, how he dealt with uh, the bubonic plague. That's about 500 years ago. Mm. Uh, very similar things that he was talking about doing, keeping his hands clean, uh, social distancing, uh, all the way back in Wittenberg, uh, Germany in, 19, in the 1500s. But the uh, but the real thing here is that uh, to remember is that we are not being asked by the government to stop meeting because they are trying to keep us from sharing the gospel. They're asking us to cooperate with them in a social health crisis. Right. And so just a, a gentle reminder to everyone, this isn't about us the government keeping us from doing what God's commanded us to do. In fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, we we are very free to proclaim the gospel. The fact that we are doing this podcast without fear of jeopardizing our lives or anything still shows that we are in a free place, able to broadcast the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we want it to go. Uh, we're just having to take some measures. Thank God we have these 
measures that we can take, that we have these technologies in place. Um, but, um, but Daniel, for the first time, I guess that was the first time you've let, had a praise team uh, with an empty crowd. With an empty crowd. You know, we've played for small venues, but this was <laughs> this was a new record for us. That's right. I was in the back for part of it, and then I walked out. I felt really bad. Cause... It was it was rough. Our one audience member just walked away. <laughs> but it was good. It was a good experience for everybody, and we felt actually, weirdly, kind of freer. Um, yeah. We, we felt like, you know, fewer eyes on us, and we just kind of were able to let loose a little bit. If so. anybody's ever been on the stage, and you understand this, but when you look at it faces, you find some affirming faces, but then you <laughs> see some not-so-affirming faces. Some, <laughs> some yes, that, exactly. And somebody gets up or gets gets an angry look on their face and walks out. It could have been a text or a phone, or, or maybe a message or something they got or had to go to the bathroom, whatever. So, But you always think, oh, I just said something, and it starts rolling it's through me. your head. It's me. I've ruined everything. That's right. And so now I have to imagine. Imagine those faces when they're at home and what they're thinking. Thinking, are they groaning at this joke right now? Is this am I prompting uh, that? Pastor Troy, I was in the audience and I was groaning for all those people. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about I it. I appreciate that, Daniel. <laughs> well, uh, going back to the reading, this has been an amazing week because uh, in the Old Testament, this is us getting out of Numbers and into Deuteronomy, uh, and we had uh, the dividing up of the land uh, to all the different tribes and so forth. Uh, some of the tribes didn't actually said, we don't even want to go in. We like the land where we are. And so Moses had to work that out with them. Uh, we had all kinds of greatest commandments given. Uh, mm. When we start out Deuteronomy, these are passages that we use to talk about uh, training up our kids and educating our children. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Lots of nuggets of wisdom in Proverbs. We got uh, all kinds uh, all kinds of psalms about victory. We have psalms about defeating our enemies. I want to talk a little bit about that too. Uh, also, um, this is where Gabriel kind of gets introduced in, mm. in Luke. Before we get to Luke, though, Mark is going to take us through the cro- the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to go to the cross, the tomb, resurrection, and uh, and wrap up that gospel. But then we go into the gospel of Luke, and for our precious Theophilus, uh, begin the story of Jesus, which I, the gospel of Luke has a special place in my heart. The Jesus film is based on the gospel of Luke, but it is the Gentile version of Jesus' story, and uh, and just really is going to be amazing to go through. And we get we get started on that in this in last week's reading, so I'm excited about getting into all that. And I hope everybody hope everybody is on track with the reading. But like I said before, if you're not. Um, you can learn something just from the discussion that we're having here if you're really, really lazy and just want to pick up <laughs> highlights of the Bible. But we're hoping that we'll talk about some things that you'll go, oh my goodness, I want to go back and check that for myself. Uh, while you've got, while you're quarantined in your house, what better thing to do yeah. than to listen to a podcast and then read, read the your word, Bible and then read the Word of Let's God? Let's be real. That's you don't exactly have the social life you once did. Exactly right. But let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll we'll get into it. Yep, we'll be back. All right, we are back. Let's jump into some of the reading highlights. It's just Pastor Troy and I today. We don't have a special guest. We so. are special guests, Daniel. So I don't know. You want to ping pong it? <laughs> yeah, let's ping pong. You you, you go serve. first. Oh, no, oh no. okay, okay. Uh, okay. Smash. I'll serve. So I'll serve. You, yeah, so are you. Okay. Um, first of all, I'll start with a, just a devotional moment. Um, in Numbers chapter 35, um, kind of verses 9 through late 20s-ish, um, it's talking about the... Um, what is it? The the sanctuary cities, the yeah, cities uh, of refuge. Cities of refuge. Thank you. And um, it just struck me reading that how God has just laid out in the last couple books, really, um, just this huge law. So many laws. Six hundred and what eleven, six thirteen, depending on how you count it, um, laws. And and it seems so 
thick and difficult to to you know attain and yet we see God's hand of mercy even through all of his structure and all of his law because he says you know if if this happens accidentally if you accidentally kill somebody um, and somebody feels it's within their right to come after you right he provides yeah. you know asylum for them yeah. um, and the, that's the avenger the of blood avenger of blood which is not the disney movie i thought i would be seeing this summer <laughs> but um, but yeah it's just cool that god has provided even in his vast structure and network just a glimpse of his of his mercy within that. I think that's a pretty cool, um, just a, a mere image of of who God is. He's just. He's powerful. He wants things done the way he wants things done, but he also is not cruel. You right. Know? So I think that's that's neat. So that's that's my serve. Yeah. I, I, and just to to uh, I don't know parlay with that. <laughs> I was looking for a good word there. The um, uh, the thing with the adventure of blood thing is that if you know the guy who has and he's done it maliciously and the, there are two witnesses to that, then the guy can just go and you take him out. Yeah. I mean, it's execution yeah. uh, style. And then, but if you don't know, it does give that prote- protection so that there will be a trial. And so he gets to make his case, yes. and then people will get to decide whether it really was malicious or not. But so, uh, so manslaughter, but really where the concept of manslaughter comes from. Mm. Um, for me, uh, not, <laughs> it wasn't something so fun uh, as that. <laughs> but it was. Uh, but looking back in what God's word was saying about vows, uh, Moses takes some times to explain vows, and I know that Jesus goes on to say, "Let your yes be yes, let your no be no." And really, just to clarify on that, the. When Jesus was saying, let your yes be yes, let your no be no, and, and then James, I think, goes into talking about not making promises or make, not making oaths, they're really talking about people making these useless oaths, meaning they are making all, a, an oath and and they are and they'll make one by well I'll make one by my car and another one I'll make by the temple or and then you know then the altar within the temple mm-hmm. and so forth and they were finding di- different it was really it's it so childish it's kind of like a pinky swear you know double you know, <laughs> double have my, dog finger, dare, have my fingers dog crossed dare. yeah have my fingers crossed stick a needle in my eye kind of thing <laughs> and it's so saying stop all of that because you're setting yourself up to break God break God's law. Because if you make an oath, you are bound by the oath. If you make a vow, you are bound by the vow. And I don't, I, I don't, in no way is trying to say that vows are not a part of who you are, a part of what we do. Obviously, when people get married, we ask them to make vows to each other, recognizing the sincerity of that moment, that you are making vows that are not meant to be broken. So think through what you are going to say, what you are promising, and promise those things. And, and if you do make a vow, if you make a promise to God, you need to do everything you can to keep that vow and not be foolish about it. Uh, the scripture has a couple of examples of, I think it's Jephthah's daughter, and and, and then also Saul makes a, 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 Jephthah makes a foolish vow, I think, that causes his daughter. We don't know whether she was actually killed as a result or whatever. But uh, but Saul makes a rash vow that the people won't let him fall through with it because he has to kill his son Jonathan after winning a victory. But um, anyway, that, that was kind of a reminder to me about uh, that. I think there are times that in our spiritual journey that God will want us to make a vow of sincerity. But just understand, if that is what you do, you need to make sure it's something you plan uh, to keep. Okay, back at you. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, and just to, just to kind of put that in my terms like what Jesus what you're saying is Jesus isn't saying don't make vows 
He's saying don't like quantify the vows. There's no like strong vow or weak right. vow. There's just if you're gonna, if you're gonna say you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. Right. Exactly right. Otherwise, don't say anything at all. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Cool. 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 Let your yes be yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In Deuteronomy four, I'm uh, kind of jumping forward. Um, and I have a couple in Deuteronomy four, so I might double tap you on, on this. But okay. Um, four verse seven. Just kind of an encouragement here. Um, it says, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? And just just thinking back, you know, putting myself in the place of their culture and how all of these different nations had their plethora of gods that they worshipped, and they probably worshipped for good reason um, to them. And yet this this little baby nation that's just starting to form sees the value in their God, the one true God, that is is a God characterized by his closeness and his nearness. And that's one, you know, we look at the way God does things, and we think he does things differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we get tricked into feeling like God changes. But there's one thing that we can never even debate, is that God is a God that is close and nearby. And that's not a thing that has decreased over the over time but in fact has increased you know he was right. this almost this like transcendent other thing that would descend in a cloud and then he was a man and then he now he's a spirit that lives inside us like it right. doesn't get any closer um, so yeah. that's something i just i you know you can't often pull out parts of deuteronomy and say i can apply that to my life today <laughs> but that that is that is one um yeah, are you double pinging that, or is that was that both of them at the same time? That's one. That's one. That's one. Oh well, let me for yeah, you, go yeah, next get that. One. Let me bounce off that for a second because in Deuteronomy he goes back through the Ten Commandments again, and I remember early on when I read the Bible, I think, wait a second, somebody told me the Ten Commandments are in Exodus, and it's like, <laughs> oh wait, they're in two places. Um, he rehashes it. Deuteronomy is really amazing because it really is. You had all this in in Numbers. It's like Moses isn't going to get to go into the Promised Land, and and then and then they bury Aaron, and you keep thinking this is get, Moses' story is going to end. And he's going to go up, and they, you end Numbers. Numbers with him never dying, and you have to remind yourself, oh, he's writing this, so it can't really end there. <laughs> uh, so, so he goes into Deuteronomy, and it's all building up to the end of Moses's life uh, before they go in. And Joshua will actually be the book that gets us into the Promised Land. But, uh, but he's just he's taking this moment to say, I'm getting ready to leave you. I'm getting ready to, and here, let's go over all this again before you go in here. Do not make the same mistakes your fathers made. And wow, did they make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's saying, so don't do it. And they've already started to make some of those mistakes with the Midianites and so forth. Uh, you know, and, and, and then the uh, things that, that we talked about Balaam. Balaam dies in this reading. If, spoiler alert uh, if you haven't read it. But Balaam dies in this reading. And, uh, and But you go back and you think that after Balaam was asked to curse the people and he didn't curse them, they wound up defiling themselves with the people anyway. And it was like they, they God protected them, and yet even under the protection, they still didn't do what God wanted. God protected them in order they could worship him, and then they worshiped the other gods anyway. And so mm-hmm. it was just, uh, and which is just going to be a common theme uh, throughout that. But uh, but going back to the uh, the Ten Commandments and, and loving God and, and so forth, one of the things that uh, you know God does manifest himself he is the Father God. He is the lawgiver. He comes at, and he, you know, he's this fire. He's 
it says you can't see me. You know, I, I'm not. There's no image inside this fire. There's, you know, it's not viewable. He comes as a man. He also puts a spirit within us. But the one thing he tells us we cannot do ever, ever, ever is create an image or look at an object that he created and 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 project him onto that or see him within that or worship or give any type of worship with that. We sometimes don't realize – I think we sometimes fail to realize he's super serious about that. <laughs> That's not one of those suggestions. That's a absolutely with finality. In fact, in the uh, in, when we went to the Holy Land and got to go into the Church of Bethlehem, and we went inside, and it's split between uh, Eastern Orthodox Church and, uh, and the Catholic Church. Well, the Catholic Church would have these uh, these structures over here, and then and there would be paintings on the other side. There would be such a um, a thing about imagery that they would destroy the structures on, on one side, and then the others would go and wipe out the image, the facial images on the other side. And it would it was just this kind of like um, uh, you know they were they recognized at least uh, we shouldn't create these images. And I, and I know I don't want to get into, you know, Catholicism and, and things like that, but the, but the thing I do want us to highlight is that if you have any type of structure, image, statue, uh, even if it's a cross, you do not bow before it and talk to it as though you are talking to God. You do not have some type of picture or something that reminds you of God or go out and look at a sunset and talk to the sunset as though that are God. You need to consciously remember that we cannot, he is the unseeable God. He, he, he exists unseen. And, uh, and Jesus as a man is the only person, only physical representation we have of God. And he's not with us right now. If he were here, it would be totally cool <laughs> to worship him, but he's not here. And so it's not totally cool to worship any other man or any other image. So uh, just anyway, throwing that out there. That's good. That's good. What's your second part? Oh, my second part, um, just kind of going along with the closeness and um, uniqueness of God. And, and later on in the chapter, Deuteronomy 4, uh, verse 29, it's um, you know talking about where they're going to be scattered out you know, if they disobey um, the Lord. And in verse 29, it says, from there, meaning like from the, the problem area, from, from your lowest, darkest place, says, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. And just the coolness of that is that even from like our lowest place, just as a tag to the first part about how he's near to us, mm-hmm. but even in our darkest, lowest place, when we finally humble ourselves, um, he's He's right there. If yeah. we look for him there, you know, God doesn't say, if you look for me in the middle of it, if you look for me, um, you know, when you're on the mountaintop, but when you're at the bottom of the valley... And you look around. I'm gonna be right there. Right. Um, so anyway, that's that's just a cool, that's cool little thing. Extremely cool. Extremely cool. Dan, you have some deep insights. You're. I'm glad I. I'm glad I know you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, you take that for whatever it's worth. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm just gonna keep that in my pocket. Um, I, uh, I there were a couple of things that I wanted that I, came out to me in this passage. Uh, one was one educating our kids. Mm. Uh, the, he talks about how um, this is about instructing our children when they ask us these questions to go back over the law with them. This is one of those moments when you have to remind people, for, let me just pick on youth ministry for a second since Daniel does student ministry. <laughs> you know, student having a youth pastor, student pastor, 
is great, but understanding that that does not absolve a parent from discipling Mm. their own children, from teaching them and instructing them in the law. Uh, I I think that, uh, and when I say law, I don't mean the American law, I mean the Word of God. Mm. Um, But, um, and should have said that, instructing them in the Word, let's put it that way. The... But the thing is, is what happens sometimes is we think, oh, I'm going to I'm busy. And so the church's job is to teach my kids these things. Now, the churches, we have Sunday school and so forth to teach your children and so forth while you're learning something. But hopefully you're taking the things you learn and then and then through the week teaching those things to your children when you sit down, when you stand up, when you walk around all those times constantly being uh, in the word, reflecting on the word. Uh, I think it's important for in our homes to put uh, a, a picture with a Bible verse on it, or even just the Bible verses themselves, just something with a Bible verse written on it, hang it up and put it places and constantly explain to our children, this is what this means. Uh, you know, we talked about not attributing n- nature to God or not looking at the sun and worshiping it, but when you see a sunset, to make sure you emphasize, you know, who who made the sunset, you know, who made the sun, who made the earth, and and reemphasizing these things to our children, teaching them the things that we've learned. You can only teach them what you know, and so you have to be constantly learning more yourself, reading. That's why we we keep emphasizing for people to read the word, so that you can have this interaction with your kids and teach them. I think uh, one of the most precious gifts that was given to me. Uh, when I was growing up, wasn't something my parents gave me, uh, but it was a, something. I went to a church, and we had vacation Bible school, and there was I was five years old. They had a prize for bringing the most people. I don't remember bringing more than one, so that kind of tells you the the bar was kind of low. I think I must have been the only person to bring somebody, but I may have brought two. Uh, but I won the I won the prize. I remember at the commencement they called my name and I got to go walk up front. Well, the prize was this little book of Bible stories, and uh, I still have it. It's in my office because that book of Bible stories became the catalyst for me loving the Word of God. And I remember going to my mom and dad and saying, "Was this real? Did this really happen?" Because they had pictures pictures and a little story, and it would have the text of the Bible that it was from. Well, as I got older, I would look those texts up in the Bible and then read it from the how it's written in the Bible, but it helped me so much to already have a picture of the story in my mind in, in just a regular, in a first grade version, and then look at it in the text and thought, oh my goodness, here's other details, but I could understand it. And so it gave me a love for God's word because I was like, this is all that stuff in there. Really, that's what the podcast is. The podcast is really just us sharing the little stories getting people interested. We don't have, it, but he's got maybe his picture post, Bible open. Maybe on we the should desk post right some, that's right. We've got my picture Bible open and we're just <laughs> looking at the pictures, but maybe we should post pictures online to, to, but anyway, that was, I think that's something for parents to remember. It's also important to remember that the whole school system was created to teach children the Bible. And it was, and it really was a time when families were busy. Both the mom and the dad were working to keep the house, grow crops, whatever else there had to be done around to keep uh, in, a, in a time. So they would have an educated person to teach them. The, it's not that you have to be the one teaching them, but you are responsible for their education. And somewhere we got lost in that and began believing it was the government's job to educate our children. When you Ask the government to be the one to educate your children. You're really saying, I'm taking this responsibility given to me by God, and I'm not giving it over to the – that never turns out well. 
Because unless the government is Christian, is of Christ, and it's not. So a lot of the battles we're having right now, we were never meant to have. It's a secular institution. They shouldn't have to teach our children the Bible. We should be the ones to teach our children the Bible. And then out and think of it like you're supposed to teach your children everything. But you can outsource math. <laughs> you can outsource you know, geography if you don't know much about it. You outsource English if you don't know much about it. But, uh, but that's how – if you think of it in terms, of the, in terms of I'm responsible for teaching my child everything they need to know in order to be a follower of Christ, and I think they need to learn these other basics. It's, they're not two separate things. It's all together. And, then, and, and you can either teach them yourself or you can outsource those things using the public education system. And I know Daniel, you have something, truly something to say. You are the homeschooler. I was, I was homeschooled. Um, it doesn't take you very long of knowing me to, for it to come up in conversations. But yeah, I mean that's so true. And something that we're really trying to do with, um, with my son Reese. He's um, just old enough now to kind of start to get things, you know, start to understand. And just working in. Um, right now he believes that God is next to him all the time Mm. and he's just the invisible part of the family, you know? And, um, so when he prays, his eyes are open looking up and, um, just talking directly to God. And I don't know, we really try to instill biblical truths as if they're, because they are real, you know, but as if they're beyond, not, not this like transcendent topic, you know, that we can't understand, but just as this, this, this God that is, you know, real and yeah. actively does things. He thanked me for getting his breakfast ready this morning. And <laughs> I said, oh, you're welcome. Um, but, you know, who you should also thank is, you know, God who let us have all this food. He said, okay. So he did just right there. Wow. And so, and that's as good a prayer as any I've ever offered for the meal. Yeah. Um, I love, I love to hear the prayers of children. Yes. Especially who have been raised in a, a godly home with a fear of God and, and a love for his word. And, uh, and they have, because they just, they just, it's unfiltered. It's just, this is, I believe God's there. Mm-hmm. I believe he's hearing everything I'm saying. And this is, these are the things on my mind right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's that kind of attitude that I yeah. just strive for, you know, every moment, but he just takes it naturally. So it's an opportunity that parents have for their children. Okay, I don't know if it was. About, I'm gonna. I've got something else I want to share with you, uh, and I'll bounce it back to you. I don't know if it's my serve or not, but I'm taking it. Take it. Uh, but the uh, the Psalms. Uh, when you look in the Psalms, and and these Psalms were are good Psalms. I'm not saying they're nothing special about these the Psalms the we read ones. this week, but they they're all they're also good. But uh, in these particular Psalms, David has a, a prayer of victory, and he also talks about uh, his enemies. Something somebody taught me a long time ago is when I was reading through the Psalms. That uh, to remember, because sometimes David gets into this, uh, says some things that is kind of like, oh, that's a little bit um, (laughs) harsh. (laughs) Um, And um, I like in Psalm 35, he says, oppose my opponents, Lord, fight those who fight me, take your shields, large and small, and come to my aid. Uh, draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers and assure me I am your deliverance. Let those who intend to take my life be disgraced and humiliated. Let those who plan to harm me be turned back and ashamed. Let them be like chaff in the wind with the angel of the Lord driving them away. Let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. They hid their net for me without cause. They dug a pit for me without cause. Let ruin come on him unexpectedly and let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it to his ruin. And I, I struggle with that. 
sometimes because I think that it was talking about this kid in class who bothered me or <laughs> bullied me, or I'd be thinking about the person who cut me off in traffic and said, God, judge them, and so forth. Someone helped me with that because I really don't think as a Christian this is our attitude toward mm-hmm. other people. <laughs> but he helped me. He said, when you, uh, when you think of – when you read these psalms, always think of the enemy as the evil one. Always think of him as the the wicked people, as the wicked one. When Jesus tells us that to, to pray, the, lead us not away from, lead us away from temptation, and deliver us from the evil one, uh, the enemy of God is Satan himself and all his minions and and who he's using. So if you're praying specifically against the enemy of God, uh, now they now the Psalms take on a whole new meaning because you do realize there is this person out there. David was David had a, a face on it, he, and but but uh, Paul says we're not battling against flesh and blood. David didn't have Paul's letters to go by, uh, so we'll give him a break there. But we do have Paul's letters, and he says we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against principal and powers. And so this is when you read through the Psalms, it's just helpful to say, God, this is this is the enemy that's coming against me, against my family. He wants, he's after us. He wants to take us down. And I'm praying for um, our deliverance from them. And, and that's very justifiable. It helped bring new meaning to the Psalms for me. That's good. Um, moving into Mark. Moving have, into Mark. I'm, I'm a, I don't... It's not that I don't have devotional parts in this, but my questions far overshadow my devotional moments from the oh, Book of Mark. Questions. Yeah. So, I mean, do we, is that is that about this time? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. Throw it out there. Um, really, my main one is kind of a what gives kind of moment. <laughs> um, in Mark 14, um, I've I, sometimes I struggle. I don't know if listeners uh, or Pastor Troy, you you do you deal with this, but sometimes I struggle wondering why in the world this was put in the Bible. You know, there's so much. The the Gospel of John says not we didn't have room to put in everything that Jesus did, right? But I would right. have loved to hear some more that Jesus did, and could have gone without hearing about this guy in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, running uh, naked? Yeah, running around <laughs> naked. Like first of all, this is not repeated in the other Gospels. Yeah. So okay, Mark. Um, but yeah, in verse 51, just randomly, you know, they take Jesus, he goes away with the, with the soldiers and says, young man was following him wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body and they seized him, but he pulled free of the linen sheet and escaped naked. Do you want to know why people believe that's in there? I I would love some (laughs) clarification. Because they believe it's Mark. Oh. They think it's Mark actually was the young man who was there, wow. and who later became a scribe for Peter, had that relationship with him. Yeah. That's the theory is, is that the reason that it's included is it is Mark who was there and uh, and so forth. That's why he, um, to his own it's shame, included. included that. Interesting. Which, which would make sense there. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I got nothing. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, is, uh, it is interesting. And, and you do. That's what you do look for, though, is when you when you see something like that. You do remind yourself. I mean, you've done all the right things. You remind yourself they couldn't include everything. Mm. Everything's there for a reason. There has to be something that matches up with it. Right. That that's a theory that's been uh, circulated for some time, mm. and so yeah, um, works yeah. for me. Yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and I guess just another kind of minor question um, in comparison, but in a little earlier when Jesus is giving out the uh, Last Supper, and mm-hmm. he says he's not going to drink the um the cup until he comes in the new kingdom right Right. Mm -hmm. so new kingdom is that talking about um new kingdom like church age is that talking new kingdom post-tribulation i don't want to get into like an end times discussion here but um like 
new, and I don't know that this even matters to my personal walk, but just out of curiosity, when is Jesus holding off for here? What's yeah. the point of this? The statement? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, that, again, you go back to uh, it's all true. Uh, it's without error. Right. Uh, and so you are looking at it and, and believing it's there for a reason, for a purpose. Uh, kind of like the we talked about with the um, transfiguration when he was saying you, you're going to see my glory before you die. And then the next thing he talks about is the transfiguration. Kind of the same thing here. Uh, he's saying you're not going to see this until I come in my glory. Again, he does. He is crucified, resurrected, and then they do get to he is mm. he comes back in his glory mm. he ascends to the right hand of the father that's what mark's going to say later so so this is him establishing himself as now the risen king mm. the risen lord he is triumphant uh there's some a word that we use in seminary that uh that uh, is just good to have and it's called the already not yet tension sure. uh through scripture that the kingdom of god is here already but obviously it's not here in its completion and so we have a, some things that are here already and then uh, other things that are not yet. And this is one of those things that is already here, I believe, that he's saying, because the way it's written and the fact he's saying to them, and he does come back and he does eat and drink with them. Uh, so they do share the cup again uh, in his risen state. Sure. Um, yeah. Cool. So cool. there you go. Makes sense. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Is that it? Man, that's... More? You got more? We've gotten through quite a bit. We have. Um, <laughs> We've covered so much territory. Just... Just you and I. Yeah. I had uh, I asked myself questions, uh, which are always which is always kind of dangerous. Excellent. Um, but uh, with Zelophehad's daughter Zelophehad, um, uh, that um, th- well, just maybe just an interesting point that uh, they come to um, uh, Moses, and this is back going back in the Old Testament. In case you're lost, uh, we're going back to going back to Numbers. Uh, they Zach were Snyder when movie. they're when they're dividing up the land. Uh, everybody gets different portions. I think it's interesting. They got portions based on the size of the tribes, but there was a man who had all daughters. He didn't have any sons. And so they were like, what gives here? Are we going to lose our father's portion of land because we have to marry other people? And then those other people are going to take our land. And Moses said, no, he preserved that for them. He said they had to marry people within their tribe, but that the land would still belong to their father's lineage to their sons and so forth, which I thought was was a really interesting thing because I think so much is said about how women didn't have a right place or whatever. It really was not about a male-female thing. It was about an order of a God's order of things that he's that he's saying that I'm giving this from, through fathers and sons. I'm creating this lineage, fathers to the heads of the household, and passing this down through the through this line, not because men are better, but just because I've ordered it this way. Uh, it's so important to remember that when you we, – we do this all the time. I mean when you go to work, I hope you don't think your boss is better than you are or more important than you are. I mean he has a place of prominence. There's a structure. There's an order. Things have to be set up in a way that they work and function, and God just simply orders the world. It's not that he doesn't like women or thinks women are lesser or not as important, but he's just saying there has to be an order, and this is how I'm ordering it, and and this is your part and this is your part. But when there was a – when there comes a place where there is none there is no man it's like he says well of course no it stays with you uh you inherit it and um 
And so when there's no other uh, means to do this. So um, anyway, I just find that interesting. I think sometimes we make a big deal about God, like as though God is sexist or that he's or that. And I think men sometimes think we're better than women because of who we are. And that's obviously wrong. Uh, But just understand we all have different roles and to appreciate the roles that we have and just do what is God asked us to do. And when when we when this kingdom is fully realized, when we're all in heaven with him, none of these things will matter because. Again, greed, covetousness, those are the things that enter into our minds when we start to become dissatisfied with where we are. Um, I think um, the the beginning of Luke also is something that is interesting to me because of the angel Gabriel. And you were talking about, well, let me end uh, with this end of Mark, beginning of Luke, where we have angels. And angels have always fascinated me. And here's one. Uh, I don't know if you have an answer. Of course, I'm, <laughs> if you got an answer, I'll be glad to hear it. But where uh, Jesus, where the gospel is talking about how it's a young man with this long white robe standing there. Just those details. Uh, young man, long white robe. Why messengers of God would be in, why that would be the messenger. One, why is he wearing a long white robe? Why is he young? Why is he a man? You know, and because they don't, angels don't have gender, you know, as far as we know. Um, and yet, and, or at least they're not given a marriage. We're told that it's not the same thing. Uh, so, um, I guess I'm not going to get into that, but the, <laughs> but anyway, I, is it's just, are you never fascinated by that? If as far as the description of angels and, and, and then in I, Luke, he has a name. You know, I have always wondered, you know, like when, you know, in Genesis, when the, the, the angels got a sword guarding the garden of Eden, right. When obvious, when we have far better weaponry nowadays than a sword, I'm sure angels have access to better weaponry. Right. Than metal swords or fire, even fire swords, it lightsabers. Was a, it was a lightsaber. Yeah, that's <laughs> we that's do, how I picture we it. We do not have lightsabers, Daniel. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're right. That's fair. Um, <laughs> George Lucas had a premonition, <laughs> vision of an angel. But yeah, why do angels appear the way they do? Are that is it for our benefit or is it just how it is? I, I, man. That's how, and that's what I had to end with is that God knows what they needed to see, yeah. and so they appear. But that's that's the other thing is as wondering if angels can change their appearance that they look one way to one person and look something different to other. Mm-hmm. If they have a human not human like appearance, or they just make themselves have a sure. human like appearance. Well, we do know that they their appearance is like. I mean, sometimes it appears lightning, like right, vastly different from humanoids. So. I don't know. I know. I don't either. But uh, anyway, that's. Um, but the, the, we did have a lot of angel interactions with Gabriel coming and speaking, revealing to John uh, that John, or not to John, but to, to Zacharias that he's going to have a son in the name of John. John doesn't believe, and so he can't talk until the baby's born. And then to Mary, and Mary has such a gracious reception. I can only imagine a young girl getting this message, and she mm-hmm. received it so graciously. But still, there's this fear factor of what whatever they're seeing. Is unsettling. Is like, you yeah. Know, it's the, always the, don't be afraid. Yeah, hey, so I, don't freak like, out. So I, I just, I just, this is the question I had, and this is really just me going off the chart here a little bit. But um, <laughs> I wonder, there are so many angels. Why don't we see them more often? Mm. Why, why is that like on the restricted list of um, yeah. of why don't we? Why doesn't God let us see angel? Let, let us all have an angel encounter here once in a while. And I, I, when I was contemplating that the other day, the only thing I could take away from it is, is he's trying to keep us all from being determined to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll share this before we go to break. Uh, I was, because uh, it goes back to something we were talking about earlier about 
the enemy being Satan. When I was uh, interviewing for the International Mission Board, I um, was given a psychiatric evaluation. I guess they did it for everybody. You have to fill out a form or whatever. But they called me in, and they don't do that for everybody. (laughs) They called me in because they had some questions about my answers. And uh, so I'm sitting with this group of people. Well, here's the thing that nobody told me. Nobody told me that it was a secular organization that was going to be judging this test. And so I was just answering questions. So when they asked me questions like – do you feel like somebody is following you all the time? I said, yes. <laughs> they said, do you think somebody's watching you all the time, even in secret place? Yes. I said, they said, do you think somebody wants you dead? I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> of course. And so they're asked, so I'm sitting there, so people got glasses and clipboards or whatever, and they're all looking at me, and they said, so, Mr. Richards, you believe somebody's watching you all the time? I said, yeah. And they said, do you know who it is? I said, yeah. <laughs> and they said, who is it? I said, God. And they're like, oh. And then they said, you believe somebody wants you dead? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, who do you, who wants you dead? I said, Satan. And at that point, all their eyes roll <laughs> in concert. Their eyes roll back into their heads. And they're like, it's like page flip, page uh-huh, flip, uh-huh. page flip. And they're like, okay, all right. Whatever. Classified. Yeah, classified. So anyway, so – Yes, I think that's my only answer of why I don't have angelic encounters is because mm. I would be locked up because I'd tell somebody about it. That's probably probably more true than yeah. that. All right, we are going to take a real quick break, and then when we get back, we're just going to um, give a little 411, uh, is that what they call it? That's yeah. right. Informational um, little bit, and then we'll be done. So be right back. And we're back. Pastor Troy, what do you got to say? Well, I'm going to say that we're in some weird times right now, and uh, I appreciate uh, – I hope people take advantage of listening to the podcast because uh, it is a time to to do something. And just keeping the Word of God fresh in our minds, looking at the things that have happened before, there's nothing new under the sun. But definitely it is a different perspective on life when we are wondering whether we're going to be able to go to the grocery store, wondering whether we're going to be able to leave our homes, uh, all kinds of things like that. And and wondering how far this is going to go, you know, where does it all end? Uh, so let me just give a word of encouragement that uh, that it doesn't change our mission. We are still here for a reason, a purpose that God put us here for to make disciples. We are still here to love people as Jesus. Well, let me just walk through it. We're here to live for Jesus. We're here to learn his word. We're here to love other people as he loves us. We're here to lead other people to him. And and we need to stay focused on that. Uh, We have a Sunday morning uh, live stream. Uh, We're going to uh, have that uh, available for everybody uh, this week. Uh, so be sure and come go to the website www.fbcj.us. Uh, you can pick it up there. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit tricky to search for it, but I did figure out how to do it. If you put in FBCJ live stream and then put three slash twenty two slash twenty, then you'll it will be one of the few that come up Voila. for that. Yeah, there you go. And then just subscribe to our YouTube channel so you have it there. Uh, we got a letter coming out to everybody, um, and you maybe have already gotten it by the time you hear the podcast. But if you um, are listening to this podcast on Thursday, then then maybe you haven't. But uh, uh, we had a letter coming out to everybody kind of explaining about online giving, about uh, if you want to get stuff through the mail. But here's the here's the big thing. If you have any questions about anything, uh, about where Daniel and I are here, uh, and so we just call the church office. Do you know our church office phone number? It is. It's uh, 573-243-8415. 
There you go. Say it one more time. That is 573-243-8415. There you go. You call that number, and you can ask for us or, or ask for or get information from our, our secretary. Uh, and uh, whatever the case, uh, we are here still doing ministry mm-hmm. for for the Lord, but ultimately serving you as well. That's right. Well, thank you, Pastor Troy, uh, for your insight and for your diligence, and uh, we will see you thank guys. Thank you, Daniel. Thank well, you for your faithfulness. Well, I absolutely. Well, um, I hope you all stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.